0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear Canons, dear Abbes, my dear faithful. And Jesus answering said, Were not ten made clean, and where are the nine? There is no one found to return and give glory to God but this stranger. And he said to him, Arise, go thy way for thy faith hath made thee whole. This is our Lord's reaction to the only person of ten who were made well, returning to give thanks. It's worth noting in this case that our Lord here had every right to be indignant for leprosy, from which these people suffered is a horrible disease and one that did not have a cure. And not only did this ailment affect the body in horrible ways, turning it into a literal putrefaction, but it rendered the sufferer an outcast of society. They had to live apart from all the other members of that community. It was very much an isolating illness in first-century Palestine. In the Gospel, we read where Jesus heals not one, but ten who were suffering from this horrible ailment. And this healing, we cannot appreciate enough, would have been transformative for those who were purified. For no longer would they have been obliged to live apart from the community, especially those who are part of the Jewish community. From that day forward, their lives would have been radically different. However, despite the grandiose nature of this miracle, there is only one who has the courtesy, even the thought, to render thanks for the life-transforming gift that he had just received. It would seem that perhaps, in all justice, Jesus should have preserved the cure of the one who returned with gratitude and then revisited the atrocious malady on the other nine. However, we do not read about our Lord having such indignation. As perfect and as charitable, a gentleman that has ever existed, he replies obliquely to the one returning, contenting himself simply to remarking at how ten were healed and only one returned. He does not deride the nine for their lack of thanks, but it is clear that their lack of gratitude and recognition is blameworthy. And we here today, my dear faithful, we are indignant, perhaps, and scandalized by the behavior of these lepers. Had we been one of the ten, we would have certainly returned and thanked our Lord for such a gift. Well, the imagery here is there to remind us of our own lack of gratitude. For so much grace has been given to us, so many good things have been sent our way. But how often do we stop to return to that source of good and give him thanks? And not just a passing thought or thank you, but a substantial act of thanksgiving. We may tell ourselves that, sure, we thank Jesus all the time, thoughts, in our bedtime prayers, when we're driving in the car. Well, this is certainly good, but would it not be better if we render more substantial things a thanks which would cost us time and effort? The Savior of man sits all over the world in so many tabernacles just waiting for his subjects to come and pay him a visit and render him thanks for healing them of their spiritual leprosy. We have been saved already from the ravages of this leprosy by the waters of baptism and then its aggressive return to our lives by the way of the sacraments and of the Holy Eucharist and confession. The ten lepers in Palestine that we read about today, they were cured once. We here are healed not just once, but over and over during the course of our entire lives. This is what we do in the sacrament of confession. Our Lord ever caring for this spiritual leprosy that we have, do we bother to sufficiently thank him for this? Would not a visit to a Catholic church immediately bring us into the presence of our beloved? Would this not be most appropriate? When we pass by a church, why not enter and spend five or ten minutes in silent thanksgiving and adoration? For what is better than thanking a person personally when we do this, we look into their eyes. And this point is, is important here. Ashamed or embarrassed child, for instance, they will mumble, he will mumble his thanks with red cheeks while staring at the floor. For he's not yet mature enough to understand the importance of speaking clearly and looking directly at his interlocutor his magnanimous benefactor will smile with appreciation for this infantile manner of thanks, all the while wishing him the best growth for the future. However, the child will one day learn the importance of looking his parents or the other interlocutor in the eyes when giving thanks for their gifts and indulgence. And this is indeed harder to do, but it shows a greater level of respect and of love. The eyes are the windows of, to the soul, and thus the importance of looking into the eyes of those, and thus this, and thus the importance of looking into the eyes of the, those whom we thank. And with this in mind, we can think of the blessed sacrament exposed in a beautiful monstrance. The contained gilded receptacle or the containing gilded receptacle most often displays the body of our Lord through a circular opening. And we can think of this as the eye of Christ in a certain way. Whenever we gaze upon the Lord in that monstrance, His eye is looking directly at us, and we at him. And this mutual regard is mysterious for sure, but it's a regard that is eye to eye. What a most wonderful way by which we can give thanks to Christ for healing our leprosy. How much does he appreciate this personal presence and eye contact? Just kind of an aside, this is not what I was going to preach on here today. But we live in a world where everyone's enamored with their stupid phones and all this sort of thing. And it's like, oh, so-and-so gave me this, I'll send them a text message. There's a lot of people that are angry in their relations with their friends, their family, and all sorts of things. It's because everybody's talking to one another through texts. We were not created simply to speak through electronical devices. When we have a question, when we want to say thank you, you go up to that person, you greet them, you look them in the eye, you ask your question, you say your thanks. If you do this one thing in your life, I tell you that your relations with those friends and family will improve automatically. But if you insist on hiding behind your phone and texting all your grievances and whatnot, you can say goodbye to those good relationships, okay? Because at the end of the day, we're disrespecting that person. We don't even have enough respect for them to speak with them face to face. So anyway, just kind of a side note there. So my dear faithful, if we would only make this a great, greater part of our spiritual life, this frequent gazing into the eyes of the divinity, and adoration can only transform us for the better. St. John Vianney says, if we really love the good God, we should make it our joy and our happiness to come and spend a few moments and adore him and ask him for the grace of forgiveness And we should regard those moments as the happiest of our lives. And this should be done as often as possible, once a week if we can. We are all busy, yes, of course. But are we always busy with the things that praise and honor Christ? Are we busy as were the nine other lepers from today's gospel? So busy that we cannot sit still for 30 minutes or an hour a week, and thank our God. Pope Leo XIII said, the 20th century must be a century of the Blessed Sacrament, if it means to be a century of resurrection and of life. With good reason, we can admit that the same is true for us in the 21st century. Therefore, may we all make a concrete effort to attend adoration of the Blessed Sacrament more regularly, to give thanks to Jesus personally and directly for the healing of our spiritual leprosy and help to usher in an an epoch of resurrection and of life. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.